0: get myself fixed up here real quick. Let's give the worship team one more hand. They did a great job this morning. So turn to someone and tell them they look good this morning. Now turn to your second choice. Tell them you don't look so bad either. It's like, praise God. Because that's always good to hear whether it's true or not, right? It's like, um, I want to say, first of all, that um, this month, the uh, Hands of Hope, uh, we, f- we had our biggest time feeding people. We fed 57 families. Um, and out of that uh, 57 families, it was like 280-something people that got blessed out of that whole thing. And um, we gave away tons of clothes. And um, we had like 25 volunteers come out. And I think four to six of them wasn't even from our church. They they've heard about it on the internet and showed up. So that was a, that was a really cool, cool thing. So, and that ministry is going to grow. As we get bigger and we push more into the community and outreach, you know, it's, it's going to grow. Because we want people in this town, and this city to know we don't want something from them. We want something for them. And, uh, and on behalf of my family, uh, I just want to thank you guys for uh, just being there for us this month. Um, it's great to have family and the church that can come around you and love you when you go through difficult times. And uh, we just appreciate you guys so much for that. Um, so let's move on. I don't want to get stuck there because I'll start crying. And, you know, we've, we've shed enough tears, but it's all for good, all for joy. Like uh, my wife said, I want to take you guys on a journey this morning. I got my backpack here because I like visuals. I like to see things, and I'm kind of a simple guy. When I was growing up, I thought Taco Bell was a Mexican phone company, and you know, I was just like, uh, you know, you know, so, uh, so I got into backpacking, and in, uh, well, I said hiking a few years back, but I got into backpacking last year, and um, me and some buddies, we went up to Yosemite, and we hiked. We did 50 miles. It was supposed to be 40, but we did 50 miles in like three and a half days. And um, me, I bought everything in the store I thought I would need, which I found out I didn't need half of it. And so my pack, by the time I got started on this, was about 50 pounds without water. The time I got water, I was way over 50 pounds, and it was killing me. And uh, we went over like three passes. The tallest one was like 12,700 feet, which is pr- pretty, pretty tall. And uh, I loved it, and I hated it at the same time. And uh, this, this pack was so heavy that by the time I got done, I, my hips were black and blue, and the skin was peeling off, and it was, it was just a, a lot of pain. And then me and Noah and, and Keith, we were all at different times walking in line, and, and they were singing songs, and Noah's an ex-Marine, so he was like, hoorah, one, two, three. I didn't know any songs, but I know my hips were hurting so bad, all I could think of was that Shakira song, oh baby, my hips don't lie. It was like my <laughs> hips were tore up, man. It was like, it was killing me. So, uh, as I got back and I was at home, I was reading the Apostle Paul and some of his writings and how he was relating our Christian walk to a race, people that run races, and, um, you know, people that box, and how he was relating that. And the Lord kind of showed me I I can kind of do the same thing with some of my gear here. So, I want to talk to you about gearing up for the journey today. But before... I can do that. i got to tell you, it starts with one thing. There has to be a level of commitment. When I started training for this, I had to commit to it. I went in my backyard. I started getting weights. I started doing these up-downs with these like 35-pound weights on my hands. I started uh, doing uh, planks. I started doing crunches. All this stuff to get in shape because I knew if I didn't do it, I was going to end up like dead on the side of the road. It would have killed me. And there's a lot of people in the church that aren't committed to the journey. And if you don't get committed, committed to the journey, you're, you're going to end up being lost, too. See, so guys, because commitment to this journey starts in our heart. You can't love God and be committed to this journey and be in love with the things of the world. Jesus said this, no man can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money both. And see, there's a lot of people that's committed to doing their own things in the church, showing up whenever they want, doing whatever they want, and the church is becoming like cereal boxes full of a bunch of flakes. (laughs) People don't want to get committed and they don't want to be accountable to anyone and they think it's okay. And guys, let me tell you something. That's not Christianity. That is religion. Religion says it's okay to come whenever you want, show up whenever you want, do whatever you want. That's a religious experience. That's not Christianity. That's not a relationship with Christ. The cross speaks commitment. Religion speaks compromise. To be committed to Christ is to spend time in his presence, in his word, in a growing your, a deeper relationship with him and being with his people. Yes, the journey speaks commitment. The cross speaks commitment. Jesus said this in Matthew. Matthew. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. (laughs) And then Hebrews says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, things that would keep us off our journey, and sins which so easily ensnare us, that trap us. And let us run the race with endurance. That means to go through a hardship without giving up. The race, the journey, this is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. First Corinthians puts it this way. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may attain it, and everyone who competes for this prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. See, there are a lot of us guys that we chase things and we go after things that's perishable, but the things of God are eternal. See, our pastor received an eternal crown a couple of weeks ago. And it was because he was committed to the right race. He was committed to running the right journey. The boxer Marvin Hagler said, it's hard to get up at five in the morning and do road work when you sleep in silk pajamas. See, commitment and comfort, they don't go together. You must be willing to bring your mind and your body under subjection and commit to the thing that God has for you, the journey he has for your life. See, the apostle Paul put it this way. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air, nor do I strike a blow to my body. He goes, but I strike blows to my body and I bring my body under subjection. I make it my slave. And after I have preached to others that I will not be disqualified myself. So he's saying, I don't run aimlessly. I'm not out on this trail over here. I'm not out on this trail over here. But I know the journey that God's got for me. And he goes, Then I'm not aimlessly just throwing punches in the air. He goes, but I beat my body under subjection. I bring my body under subjection to the will and the purpose of God for the journey that he has for my life, that when I do preach to others, when I do point people on the right journey, I won't be disqualified because I brought myself under subjection. I brought my body, my mind, my spirit. I'm committed to the journey that God has for my life. Amen. And he goes on to say that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that there are chains and tribulations that await me. But he says, none of these things move me. He knew there was gonna be mountains in his path. He knew there was gonna be things on the journey, but he didn't let any of that move him. He says, nor do I count myself dear, my life dear to me, so that I may finish my race, my journey, with the joy of the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus Christ, because we all have a ministry, guys, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. See, Paul was committed to the journey. So what is some of the gear that we need on our journey? Well, first of all is the backpack. And my backpack here, it carries all my stuff. It carries my shoes, my extra shoes, my poles, my tent, my sleeping bag, my map, my flashlights. It carries all this. This is the foundation for my journey right here. Everything in this is the foundation. It helps me carry the weight for my journey It carries, everything's hooked and it hangs on that. And what the backpack represents in our Christian walk is our salvation. Everything hangs on our salvation in Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus was a religious person. He had festivals, he had laws, he had tradition. But what he didn't have was a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus told him, you must be born again, Nicodemus. Because see, religion won't get you to heaven, guys. Being a good person won't get you to heaven. Giving money to the church won't get you to heaven. Volunteering to help other people won't get you to heaven. Jesus said you must be born again. You must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God sent his son to earth to die on a cross to shed his blood for my sins and for your sins. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't care what Oprah says. There's no other ways to heaven. There's no alternate trails. Jesus Christ is the door, and he's the only door that you can go through. It's our backpack. It's our foundation in our Christian walk. If you don't have Christ, you have nothing. Nothing at all. It all hinges on the backpack, guys. Salvation in Christ. Hebrews puts it this way. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son, And whoever denies the son does not have the father either. And he who acknowledges the son also has the father. See, guys, Jesus and God's a package deal. You can't have one without the other. John put it this way. And this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. He is. A, who is he who overcomes the world, John says, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. See, so guys, this thing called Christianity, it's not a lifestyle. It's not something to be worn like a coat that I put on when I feel like it and I take off. Our Christianity is a way of life. I put it on an altar when I asked Jesus to come into my heart and I made him Lord of my life and my Savior. I don't put it on in the morning and take it off in the afternoon. My relationship with Christ is continual every day, every hour, every minute, public and private. It's, it's every day. But there are posers. There are people that claim to have Christ. Just like there's people that sold, when I bought my backpack, there was people there that can tell me everything about a backpack. You know, they've read all the brochures, they've watched all the videos, but they didn't even own one. They don't even backpack themselves. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that come to church, people bring them to church, or they just show up to be social, and they've never asked Christ in their life. And if you come to church and you don't ask Christ in your life, that's like having a pencil with no lead. There's no point. You have to have Christ. It's the foundation. It's our relationship, our foundation for the whole thing. Don't go to church and not be committed to Christ. Have a backpack, have a foundation. So the second thing we have on this, I can open this up. I didn't bring 50 pounds today, I only brought a few. Is our map and our headlamp. And Timothy put it this way, he goes, also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. See, our map and our headlip represents the word of God. And There's a lot of people that want to live their life, but they don't want to live it according to the rules of the word of God. See, the word of God shines the light on our path, on our, on our journey. It's our road map. It keeps us on course. It shows us where we can go, what trails to go on, what trails to stay off of, guys. You've got to have the word of God in your backpack Psalms puts it this way, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The unfolding of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. And then Psalms, direct my footsteps according to your word and let no sin rule over me. And I like this part right here in in James. James puts it this way, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do So he's saying there's there's the word and there's people that'll look into it and they'll forget what they saw they'll forget what they read you know, then there's other people, if you look into it and you look intently, you'll be blessed in what you do. And it reminds me, because he said it's like a mirror. Me and my wife's got this mirror at our house. It's silver. It's in the bathroom. And you turn it on and it puts this light on there, but this mirror will zoom your face up like 50 times to the 50) <laughs> I mean, you can see the cracks on your nose hairs. That's how, how powerful it is. It is scary. It'll show you every crow's foot, every crack, every pimple, every blackhead. I mean, it's, it's not a magic mirror. It doesn't lie to you until you look good. You just look in it and says you're ugly right off the start. It's, just, it's, it's messed up. It's, it'll tear you up. And, um, but the thing about this mirror, it's uh, addicting. You start looking into it, and you'll start checking your face out, pulling up your nose and your eyes and all that, and you'll start seeing all these things in your face. And the Word of God's like that, guys. When you start to steer into it and get into it intently, it'll show you the things in your life. It'll show you the cracks in your armor, the cracks in your life, the places it needs a little cover-up, places it need a touch-up, the places it might even need a facelift. The Word of God will change your life. It's important to us. It'll change you to make you whole. You gotta have the the word of God in your backpack on this journey. Psalm says this, how can a young person stay on the path of purity but by living according to the word? Psalm says, your word, Lord, is eternal and it stands firm in the heavens. See, God's map never needs an update, guys. You don't have to go and uh, download it and and get it updated. It's always updated. It's always relevant. It's always fresh for our lives. So the next thing we have in this bag here is a, if I can get it out here, pull it out. It's a sleeping bag and my tent. And see what this represents, guys, is a church. It represents a covering, a buffer. And see, there's these things called backpacker camps, that people that are on these long journeys that can go 200 miles or more, if they can make it to these camps and they're not out just in the woods, they'll find a place where they can gather with other backpackers, they can find rest. Some of these places have showers. They'll even make you like a sandwich for in the morning time so you can get off and take off on your way and you're, you're refreshed. And that's like the church, guys. The church is a community. The church is a place where we can find rest for your soul, peace of mind, strength for your journey, shelter from the storms of life. And you need a church in your, uh, in your family. You need a church community. You need to be a part of a church. People come around you and love you when you're going through trials and, and hard times and situations in your life. We're a family. The church is a place to put down roots and be a part. Don't be a tumbleweed. Don't blow in and blow out, be rootless and fruitless. Be a part of a church. Put down roots. Put down roots in a family and be a part. Ephesians says this, and this is a great, a great scripture for a church and a community and a body. It says in Ephesians 3 and 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. To gasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of Christ is, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is an awesome scripture. So, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. The redwood trees in California are some of the tallest trees in the world. They get to be like 300 feet tall. But the thing about the redwood trees, their roots, they only go down like three feet in the ground. But what makes Makes them so strong, being that tall. I mean, because they're wide. I mean, they have trunks that you can actually drive some uh, cars through and all that. But their roots go down three feet, but then they spread out and they seek out the roots of other trees, other redwood trees. And then they link up and they twist up. So now when the storms blow, they're not just blowing against one tree. They're blowing against the whole forest. And see, guys, that's a great picture of the church how we're to do as a community, as a body, is we're to link up as brothers and sisters in Christ, that when, when you're going through something, when you're going through a storm, you have people that will come around you and love you, and so now the storm's not just blowing against you, it's blowing against your brothers and sisters in Christ, and we can bear one another. We can hold one another up. And see, the ranger said he could take you to the forest, and he said he can show you trees that have been dead for hundreds of years that are still standing, because the other trees won't let them go yet when we find someone in our church that's struggling and barely making it, that, that we hold on to them and we don't let them go. We don't let them fall. Come here, Randall. Come here, Shannon. Grab Hear my herman. See, we link up. And see, we're stronger together. We're a community. We're a family. And see, this, this past month, man, we went through some tough stuff. My family did. And the brothers and sisters, you came around us and you held us up when you want to fall. You wouldn't let us fall. And when he's hurting, I don't let him fall. And when she's hurting, I don't let her fall. That's That's the church. That's the body of Christ. That's the community of church. And you need to be a part of a church. You need to put down roots and be in community with one another. It's an awesome thing. Thank you, guys. We're stronger together than we are apart, guys. The church is a covering. It's a community. So, the next thing that I have on my backpack here on my list is these walking poles. And I admit, when I first saw these things and someone using them, I thought these were the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I really did. I was like, what? And uh, what these things represent to me is the Holy Spirit. And like these polls and like I thought, a lot of people when they get introduced to Pentecostal people, Pentecostal church, people that speak in tongues and pray, they're like, what? You know, it kind of, kind of freaks them out, kind of scares them a little bit because they don't understand. Kind of like me with these polls, I thought they were dumb seeing people. <laughs> but let me tell you, when I got on my journey, see there's a difference, guys. When you, when you get on your journey, And I used these things. I found out these are the best things ever invented. Because when I was climbing that mountain 12,000-something feet and I had the weight of the world on my back, I could pull myself with these poles. And when I was going down the mountain on the other side and, and that weight was making my legs buckle, I could push against the ground and it would help carry my weight. They had a, these got an anti-shock in them. And then when I was tired, I could lean upon these and I could just put the weight and I could rest. And when I was going across the streams, I could put this in the water and I could step on the right rock and it would keep me on balance and it would hold me up. And that's the way the Holy Spirit does to us, guys. He holds us up when we're weighted down. He keeps us on the right course, the right track, the right path, on the, the right mission. He will help you along the journey. The Holy Spirit's so important in our Christianity. So many people miss that part. There's so many places that don't even want to teach about the Holy Spirit. John put it this way, but when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and then he will tell you what is to come. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit's our guide. And then Jesus says this, check this out. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him unto you, and he, when he is come, he will convict the world of sin. So here's Jesus, he's with the disciples. They can touch him, he breaks bread with them, he can eat with them, and he says, it's better for me that I go for you away that the comforter will come. And then he will be in you will begin you. And he also says, because then he will convict the world of sin. And if there's been ever been a time in this generation that we live in, we need the Holy Spirit now. Because you have churches that don't want the move of the Holy Spirit. They want programs. They want lights. They want camera. They want actions. They want to put homosexual people behind the pulpit. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes, the Bible says, will convict the world of sin. We need the Holy Spirit in our life, in our journey, on our walk. Because he's the one that's going to tell you, hey, get things right in your life. Get it right in your life. We overlook the workings of the Holy Spirit so much nowadays. The early church grew because of the power of the Spirit. They didn't have a role model to go by. They had their faith in Christ, and they had the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing the whole way. And I'm telling you what, church, if we're going to be a, a light in this community, if we're going to do a work for the Lord in this community, we're going to have to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to have the demonstration of the power of the Spirit in our church, in our ministry, because there can be no ministry without the power of the Spirit. Paul said, I didn't come to you with elegant words, but in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. And that's what we need in our lives in this day and age, is the power of the Spirit. It's so important. So important. And he goes on, he says this, but you, beloved, being built up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God looking for the mercies of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We need the Holy Spirit, guys. The Holy Spirit, it's the anointing that breaks chains off our life, breaks addictions, breaks alcoholism, breaks all those things in our life. It's not a program. Programs are great, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. the next thing I have is a med kit, if I can find it. That was part of the covering. And a food canister, which I painted up, looked like my favorite sport team, which are kind of horrible this year, but that's all right. A little story on this. This, this thing, man, I had it weighted down with 14 pounds of food, I might have died in the wilderness, but I was going to have a full belly and a smile on my face, let me tell you. (laughs) I never had to test it, though, to find out if it was really bear-proof or not, but, but praise the Lord. It was like, it was good. So what this represents, guys, is our Sunday service. It's a time of our refreshing, a time to recharge. It's our time of prayer and praise. Any backpacker knows if you don't take enough food, you won't get far on your journey. There has to be a time that we come to the master's table and we sit and we dine and we eat and we feast in his presence. And the Sunday service is that time that we can take refuge, heal, soak in his presence, bathe in his love, eat at his table, fill up on faith. Psalm says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the person who takes refuge in the Lord. And then Psalm says, God is known in Judah and praise." So it has to be a time that we come in, we're in his presence, we can worship him, we can praise him, that way we can be refilled and recharged. What keeps us from praise and tasting of the Lord? And I would say, coming to his house with unprepared hearts. There's so many times we come to church and we're not prepared. Our minds are on other things. Um, The night before, You know, but maybe we stay up late, we watch TV, we get all this junk in our heads, and then we come to church, you know, uh, late because we stayed up too late, and then we're yawning in the service, and uh, we're just not prepared. And, you know, I can watch my wife get ready for work the night before she'll go in and do some laundry, get it prepared, get it ready to go. And then some of you that maybe have kids, families, you know, you prepare their clothes maybe the night before you lay them out and you're you're getting prepared in advance and that's what we need to do guys get prepared in advance that when we come into God's house we can receive we can worship him we can praise him the problem is guys is a lot of times most Christians go from Sunday to Sunday before they even pick up the word of God and then we wonder why we struggle we wonder why we're disconnected we wonder why we're starving and that's because, because we're starving our spiritual man to death, there needs to be preparation during the week, not just on Sunday when we come to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In uh, Mark five, Jesus says this. He gives a parable. He says that there was a sower, there was seed, and then there was soil. It was like three types of soil. There was a hard pan. There was a stony, stony ground, and then there was ground that had weeds in it, and then there was some good ground. And guys, that represents our heart. See, it wasn't, it wasn't about the word, it wasn't about the seed, but it was about the ground and the condition of the ground. And see, we come to church a lot of times, our heart, our heart is so hard, it's so calloused, it's it's got stones on it, it's got weeds upon it, and we need to spend time during the week in God's word cultivating our heart, getting that hard pan off letting the Holy Spirit plow our heart, so when we come to church, we can receive from the Lord. We don't have to sit there through a whole worship service and wait till the last song before a tear comes down our eyes because we're so hard because we've watched so much junk during the week and been around so much garbage that it just, it blogs our mind down. Gets our heart all hard you got to cultivate our hearts, guys. When we come to worship, when we come to worship the Lord, we need to come with an expecting spirit and just be in a, a, an attitude of praise and worship and make sure our heart's right. Get it right before we get the church. That way we can worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, amen. Get our hearts right. Yes. Praise the Lord. So the last thing I got here is Our shoes. What our shoes represent, guys, is our service to the Lord. The Bible says in Romans, "How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news!" Our shoes represent our service. Be dedicated. Be faithful to the Lord. Be committed to the Lord. Don't everything you do, do it to the best of your ability. The Bible says that that Jesus, everything he did, he did with excellence. It's funny how people can run and they can work for the PTA. They can go to their kids' school programs. They can sell stuff in the snack bar. But you mentioned serving in the church and they run as fast as they can out the door. Because everybody wants to be served, but no one wants to serve. And see, uh, I had an uh, avid hiker tell me one time there's one thing you never go cheap on. And he goes, It's your shoes. And I found this out because I, I bought a cheap pair of shoes that I didn't want to invest a lot of money in. I, was, I went cheap, and I bought them. And I went and I hiked Half Dome two years ago. It was a 19-mile round trip. And by the time I got back from that trip, I, uh, my toenails were all black and blue. I lost five toenails, I think it was. And uh, it tore me up because I went cheap. But let me tell you something, guys. Christ didn't go cheap in his service to you and me. He came down, he bore the sins of all mankind. He walked down the uh, the streets of the Via Della Rosa, they spit on him, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they cursed at him, and then they took him and they laid him on a cross and they nailed him to the cross and he died for you and me in service to you and me. He didn't go cheap. He loved you so much that he was willing to lay down everything that he had for you and for me. He wasn't cheap in his service. But so many of us, when it comes to serving God, we go cheap. We don't want to be committed. We want to be half-hearted. We want to show up when we feel like it. Ah, they understand, it's okay. It's just church, it's just my family. God wasn't like that with you and me. I'm so glad that God's commitment to me is not like my commitment to him. Because he's so much more committed to us than we are to him. And I say all this, guys, to encourage you not to go cheap in your service. Don't be half-hearted. Give God your best. So you need to check your shoes. See what pair you have on. Will they last for the journey, or are they cheapies? Vision puts it this way. Put on your shoes so that you are ready to spread the good news that gives peace. Because, guys, there will come a time in your service to the Lord when we come to church, it'll be more about you giving than receiving. It'd be about more, you, more of you serving than being served. Like when I come to church now, it's not, it's not so much about me receiving or getting something, it's about me serving because see, my, my own personal feeding time at home with studying and getting God's word, praying and, and coming to prayer meetings and, and stuff like that's pretty good. So when I come now, it's pretty much to serve, to be a part of the body, to help serve the body. But we draw strength from one another. When I come and I see my brother here and I see my brother here and my sisters here, that encourages me because I know they they go through the same battles and struggles that I go through. And when I see them serving, when I see them being faithful and showing up, it encourages me because there's sometimes I come in, and maybe you do too, that you just got the weights of the world, it seems like, on your life. But when you get around your brothers and sisters, all of a sudden you begin to feel better and get lifted up. There's been times I've been to my mom and dad's house when I just, I felt horrible. But when I went in there and I sat down at their counter because of the spirit of God they carry, because we all carry an anointing. We all carry the spirit of God. We start talking about the things of God, the Bible, and all of a sudden all those things lift away because I'm in the presence and the anointing of God gets on our life, and that's why it's so important that we be faithful to church and faithful to serve because you, inf- you impact somebody else's life. You don't even know it sometimes, but your, your presence changes the atmosphere around people. That's why some of you need to get rid of some of the people you hang out with, probably, because they bring you down instead of lift you up. And so it's about coming together and serving and, and being faithful, putting on those shoes, We draw strength from one another. The worship team wants to come on back. I'm not going to be very long today because we've got a few things to do after service. So I've got a closing thought that I want to read to you here. It says There's some places God wants to take you in your journey with Him that you have to gear up for, that there are no roads that lead to where He wants to take you, and you have to be willing to climb some mountains, to go through some valleys to get to those places and experience the wonders of those plans that he has for your life. See guys, it's just like I can hike into places without a backpack to like Yosemite and Glacier and I can see some pretty cool things. But unless I gear up, get a backpack and get the camping gear and really hike in, I'll never see some of the really places of untouched beauty by man unless I hike in. And see, God's got some places he wants to take you that you're gonna have to gear up because there's no road, spiritually speaking, to get there. And you're gonna have to go through some valleys. You might have to climb some mountains. But on the other side, God's got a place for you of untapped beauty and potential for your life. So I just wanna say this. If you're here today and you haven't been gearing up for the journey, you can start today. You can get a backpack today. If you're here today and and you're one of those people that's never accepted Christ in your life, you just come to church, there's no time like the present. Today's the day to get the backpack for your journey. And maybe some of you are here today and you've gone cheap in your shoes and your service to the Lord. Don't go cheap. Because God wasn't cheap when it came to you. And if you're here today and, and you're struggling in life, The power of the Holy Spirit will put you over the top if you'll let him have reign and rule in your life. So I just want to encourage you guys. If you need prayer today, I'd love to pray with you. And if you're here today and and you don't have a home, a church home, make it your home. Put down roots so the church can love you, the body of Christ can grow around you, You can be a part of a family. You may never had a dad or a mom, but if you join the church, I guarantee you, people are going to love you here. Because we love people. Pastor used to say, we have so many ways, you got to like one of them. Because the church is about people. Christ was about people. And we need to be about people, guys. And if you're here today and you just need prayer, man, I want to pray with you. Have the prayer team come up. prayer is so important every time the altar is open guys you need to make your way down and spend some time with the Lord because Sunday's is our time to feast at his table to receive that healing, to receive that touch to receive the, the spirit of God, the touch of God, the hand of God praise your name thank you Lord come on brother boy